Hello, everyone. This time we have the chance to speak to Andre Ek, one of the three brothers who run and own Brickery at Brew. Lots about sour is on the menu today, and don't forget that if you sign on as a Patreon, you get lots of extra material and actually this entire interview on film, as well as chances to get to win cool merchandise. So lean back and enjoy. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. We're sitting here with a guest today, uh, Rasmus is here as per usual. Yay. Hey. <laughs> and André Ek, all the way down from Landskrona in Skåne. Yes. Uh, who are you, and what are you doing uh, here in the podcast? I'm uh, one of three brothers running uh, Brickery at Beer in uh, Landskrona, uh, south south of Sweden, uh, quite close to uh, Copenhagen, a small city. Uh, And we have been, uh, yeah, we've had a company together since 2010. And in 2012, we started the brewery where we actually produce the beer. So we started as a beer import company and uh, with the uh, financial gain of the uh, of the import company we we uh, managed to to start the brewery ourselves and uh, this year we're uh, celebrating 10 years so it's uh <laughs> congratulations thank you uh, the three brothers are still uh, still uh, getting along and that's where the name comes from yeah Greek. brothers brothers Eck, yeah, and then the end pronunciation of uh, I think that's the most impressive thing. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> three brothers getting along that far. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I realized that uh, the, yeah, people ask ask us question about how we actually how we managed to do it because they couldn't start a company with their siblings. But I guess we have uh, we have same goals and same ambitions, same thoughts about things. But I guess if you start with a couple of friends instead, you you might have better input from different directions and stuff. So that's our vulnerability, I guess. Uh, On the other hand, the strength you have is yeah, the you can't get rid of your brother. No, it's uh, it's blood uh, <laughs> blood related. So it's uh, it uh, yeah, it works really good. So what was the, what was the inspiration of starting to make uh, mixed fermentation and sour base? Uh, actually, when we tried to find. Uh, beers to import to sweden we we tried to find uh, niche products uh we imported uh kölsch from uh, uh from uh, cologne of course uh, as a, uh, the, the first beer and then we uh travel around belgium and uh, northern france to to find other beers uh, mostly saisons and stuff yeah we we we, we worked with uh, three for uh, three or four uh, breweries and when we imported one batch from uh, from one of the breweries the the whole batch was infected with the uh, brettanomyces wild yeast uh, and we really liked the saison and we thought it was intended to be wild fermented but it wasn't so when we got <laughs> when we got uh, the next batch, uh, it was a clean, uh, also very good saison, but uh, not with the bread. And that was, but uh, we we marketed the beer as uh, a bread saison. Yeah, when we realized that we really 
like this beer and it's very at that time not represented in Sweden we wanted to produce that ourselves and and from the beginning we had the thought of of uh, starting brewery so by then uh, Christian my uh, brother uh, one of my brothers uh, a home brewer from the from the start uh, he started to to brew uh, uh, solely with the wild yeast to find the recipes for the the beers we were going to launch when went with the mm. brewery but christian is really the yeast geek yeah he's a food scientist and uh, uh yeah worked with food science since he graduated so uh he's the one with the yeah with the knowledge of <laughs> <laughs> but of, you, you were the, you were the, the product first. itself you were the first when it comes to Mixed fermentation in Sweden, I'd, I'd say. The first that did it intentionally, yeah, at least. Yeah, intentionally. <laughs> and, and with some kind of goal. And maybe, yeah, with some kind of goal, like an, uh, only wild fermentation. So I guess a couple of breweries may may have released products uh, with wild yeast, but but uh, only like one, one batch. And uh, uh, we started with the goal to only produce... Uh, beers with wild yeast and uh, make it something big. But what is mixed fermentation? What does that mean? Um, yeah, mixed fermentation. I guess uh, the I I don't know the def- definition uh, itself. But wild fermentation for us is when you use both uh, uh, wild yeast or yeast and uh, bacteria. So, for example, we use wild yeast in all of our beers, but uh, in in yeah, in all of our beers. But we also have beers aged in uh, in barrels, and those are infected with uh, lactoacid bacteria, uh, same as uh, many of the Belgian beers. So you mix them between the lacto and the the, the yeah. Wild I would yeast say that's uh, that's close to the definition uh, yeah. <laughs> if you read it on on Milk the Funk, for example. <laughs> it it might it might be a mix between uh, Saccharomyces and Brettanomyces as well, but I guess the 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 correct term would uh, would also uh, involve bacteria. Hmm. So what is your bestseller what's the thing that sells the most what's the what's your bread and butter in in the brewery? at the moment it's uh, our christmas beer uh, lucilella uh, we brew this year we brewed, brewed uh, 24000 liters of it uh, but of course it's only it's released once a year and then it's out in two months so that's at the moment it's a big seller but uh it we only produce it before christmas we have a couple of others we all, we produce all year round for example sour and salt we also have uh, upstairs and uh, pink passion uh, our gluten free the gluten free uh, one yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sour and salt has been with you for a long time right that was one of you yeah your i think we brewed uh, the first one in 2000 16 maybe I must say the Lucelelle is kind of cool because I remember the first time you launched it and you ran out right away yeah we uh, <laughs> yeah it was just a crazy experiment and uh, it's a sour with saffron yeah 
A kettle sour with saffron, uh, 6.5%. Really juicy and fresh and... Uh, yeah, not not the uh, not the typical Christmas beer, maybe, but I guess uh, a lot of the 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 classical Christmas beer tends to get quite heavy, and this is on the totally on the other spectra where where uh, it would actually suit uh, quite well to to Christmas food, mm-hmm. but uh, a, a beer that mostly sells in Sweden because of the the combination saffron and christmas is only like a swedish swedish but what is uh, your favorite beer that you made uh it's very hard to say um you gotta have like a love child when it comes to the beers you produced yeah i, I really like our our uh, gauzes uh, sour and salt is very uh, versatile beer you can you can uh, combine it for, uh, with the food and you can drink it uh, separately, separately. Well. yeah uh, it's highly quenchable because it's yeah you almost get like it's not it's a thirst quencher but you get thirsty drinking yeah well. yeah and there's quite a lot of salt and uh, uh, it's 4.6 percent ABV so it's it's uh, it's very nice to to just drink but uh, as i said it's it's also a nice uh, uh, beer for uh, for food but now we're just sitting here and talking we'll have three beers standing oh, yeah. in front of us uh, well i'm just <laughs> gonna put down my mic and start opening yeah. beers <laughs> which should we start with uh, yeah it's uh, three barrel aged beers this one is bottled in uh, 2018 and it's been ages since i had it so i can't really say we should we should no put that last because I think it's the that's most uh, most flavor. Should we start yeah, with that yeah, one? Then? That yeah. sounds uh, reasonable. But then I can ask uh, three brothers, who does what in the brewery? Christian, as I mentioned, uh, the middle middle brother, he's uh, a head brewer, so he's the one uh, having everything with the product, uh, like the development of the products. Uh, also buying the ingredients and also handling everything with the organic certifications and uh, ev- everything that has to do with the produce the the R- beer running production yeah, basically yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm the youngest one. I'm uh, actually production manager. Uh, I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> <laughs> I try to uh, have uh, the the overall um, control. Or yeah, control yeah. from the the start of the of the production to the like the the beer is ready for sales. So I handle, I buy all the, uh, like like the cans, uh, empty cans and uh, everything that has to do with when the beer is ready for packaging. And also uh, I have some sales. I uh, also have the social media uh, and uh, web page um, thingy. <laughs> and Frederick's just the grumpy guy going to all the fairs. <laughs> Frederick is the uh, the oldest brother, and he has uh, mostly the economics. Uh, he's uh, warehouse management together with me. Also, quite a lot of uh, sale 
more sales than me, but smaller accounts. I've got to ask you because, uh, well, cheers first. Cheers. Mm. It's it's so complex. That's the thing. It's so much happening. Uh, what I was going to ask you is, do you like set a date? This beer should be ready then, or do you like try it and go? It's good now. Let's let's take it. Let's bottle it or let's it depends if it, if it's uh, a beer that we will offer Systembolaget we have a deadline mm-hmm. and um, for with all the the beers uh, in the Vild series uh, the the oak fermented beers we blend every beer we do test blends and when we have a uh, uh, maybe three test blends we decide which one we will go for and then we blend it uh, as a big batch so Natur uh, as we're drinking now we wanted to present a very exclusive beer but packaging wise and sales wise have a quite cheap beer for m- more people to to dare to try it uh, it is quite complex yeah, but, but the the packaging itself makes it cheaper to produce. Yet it's it's the same base beers as as we do in in uh, the other ones, but not ac- as exclusive and uh, maybe scary okay. with yeah. a with a higher price for uh, the random uh, uh, guy or girl to just grab a bottle and, and dare to try. So it. You, you want people to try good stuff without paying yeah. shitloads of money. Yeah, because, uh, of course, all these three, they're not very uh, high in price, but, uh, of course, if you have uh, other ingredients such as berries or such, uh, it tends to to, uh, to raise the price, of course. But, but, but what is the big difference between the Vild series and your normal stuff? Because you do, you do uh, straight kettle sours. You also do like Brettanomyces, wild yeast. I've been to the brewery. I know that actually there's actually two separate breweries on your location. Yeah, not not brewery itself, breweries itself, but but fermentation areas. Uh, I would say uh, where we have uh, stainless steel tanks in one, uh, where we produce the the f- uh, fast producing beers, the the core beers. Yet we have. Uh, uh, six uh, six weeks on fermentation tank uh, with the Breton Mises uh, working quite slowly but giving uh, uh, very pleasant uh, results and uh, then we have another two or three weeks in, in bottle to, to build the uh, carbonation uh, and that's only kettle sours so we soured the wort with the um, lactic acid bacteria and then after a couple of days, we, we kill off the bacteria, pasteurize the wort, and then we ferment it with the Brettanomyces. Hence mixed fermentation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have a sour beer, but it's, there's no live bacteria. A lot of breweries in Sweden do this, but they don't have the Brett, which gives another level of complexity uh, to the beer. Uh, whereas the, the Ville series is all uh, barrel-fermented, now we have beer in barrels for at least a year before we blend it and and uh, package it and there we have more of a the the usual way of brewing like we we boil the wort 
we cool it uh, and uh, transfer it straight to barrels. Earlier, we added harvested uh, bacteria cultures and added to the wort, but now we take uh, a small amount of the wort, spontaneously ferment it, and then we add it to the barrels the day after. We don't add any, uh, any cultures uh, since two years back. But of course, all the barrels is uh, reused. So of course, we have a lot of, uh, of activity in the barrels uh, because we don't steam them or clean them. We, yeah, we, we clean them with hot water, but still there's a lot of uh, microorganisms uh, left in them. I gotta say, the nature smells. Yeah, you can. F- I'm, I'm thinking about Chenin Blanc, like the grape. Yeah, it's there's very, like this white wine, quite nice, kind uh, of feeling but also it. some, I think, uh, bourbon barrel notes. But yeah, the uh, like the fruitiness from uh, both from the like the vanilla notes from the barrels, but also some fr- uh, fruitiness from the. I think that that adds to the Chenin Blanc kind of feeling you get with the with the yeast. Oh yeah, that's court. <laughs> Well, we'll <laughs> we'll hop that one. <laughs> so we we actually we sadly got a uh, coke defect beer, but that's what you get from working with with live beers. It's like yeah, it's, we actually talked about it earlier. TCA bacteria, and it's quite quite obvious in this one. Yeah, we'll try it upstairs later. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we this was just I I it's. Uh, very rarely we have this uh, kind of problems, but it's uh, you can't control it. Like the, if the TCA gets in, it gets in. Yeah. It's it's uh, so it's bottled in April two thousand eighteen. Uh, the nuts we, uh, we drank before was bottled December a year ago, and now, and now uh, we're going for the Surbon. Yeah, Surbon is uh, it's the newest bourbon barrels. Yeah, it's a year old. That is not court. Uh, November two thousand. Uh, that, that smells beautiful. Yeah. Let's say cheers with a with a, an uncorked <laughs> uncorked uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Oh well, the first one was light on the palate and like uh, still complex but easy accessible. Yeah. This is much more happening. Yeah, that, and that's why I thought this would uh, we we would end end with this one. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we could. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just have to try a bottle yeah. up in the bar and <laughs> look at it. Look at it this way. Now a guest doesn't have to get a cork. Yeah, here. but I'm <laughs> I'm afraid one bottle out of everyone yeah, would be cork. I'm afraid I'm afraid now um, uh, more bottles is, uh, but I, I I doubt it. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it's a, that, that bacteria is not usually in every bottle. It's just very yeah, rarely, yeah. unless you don't have it in the brewery. Yeah. But I don't think you do. Uh, but this is the fifth uh, batch we made in the wild program. So we started in May 2017, I think. So this is the fifth batch being bottled, whereas this one, yeah, fairly new. It's uh, the 51. I must batch say one uh, 51. Uh, blend uh, 51. One of my absolute favorites when it comes to your beers is the Bruin. Uh, uh, which one? The Bruin. Ah, made. yeah, yeah. Uh, we had it at El Yertat when we worked there. And we kind of hid it away so we could drink it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't sell that Don't many of them. Don't admit that. We sold loads of them yeah. Yeah. to ourselves. But yeah, a, a so the, the Sarban is, uh, yeah, it's very, uh, the complexity is similar to them, but uh, taste-wise, uh, they're 
quite different, even though the 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 bacteria. Of course, in the Sarbon, we only have baron, bourbon barrels. In in Naturis, uh, there is mixed, I think, uh, both uh, fooder uh, wine barrels and bourbon barrels. You get get almost a honey note on on the nose to it. It's like really, really As I nice said, and like sweet on the nose. Mine. This is might be my my sommelier past, but like these ones, the Chenin Blanc grape is a perfect example of how it smells. Like it's. It's more of a maltier type of Chenin Blanc with all the complex abilities yeah. that that it has. Because when you age a seven uh, Chenin Blanc, it gets these honey tones, and it's that's a compliment. Well, br- brings it <laughs> brings it me brings delicious. me to the next question. Actually, maturability of your beers. Uh, if someone buys a Breckeriet beer, could they keep it, or should they drink it right away? I would say. Which well, which could, could series? You say, like, keep the keep the wild series and drink the other ones, or you can keep the the other ones as well. There's no, of course. Now the the past couple of years we've made a couple of uh, of uh, dry hopped, uh, both kettle sours and also uh, barrel aged uh, sours. Those are of course better to drink fresh, as they were intended to to taste when we decided to do the blend uh, but we have 10 years uh, shelf life on the on the vill series and uh, two years in the in the cans uh, when we had bottles in the in the only brett beers uh, we had five years so but it doesn't get spoiled with age i would say the the wild yeast uh, conservated quite well and uh but it is um, with Lucilella, Lucilella, for example. We we uh, we recommend people to at least save one or two cans, earlier bottles, uh, to try with a new batch next year because there's uh, quite a lot happening in the in the bottles and cans uh, uh, over the year. So we uh, we like the one year old version better than the the ones being released now. I mean, I can see the Sauerbund getting like five six years. Yeah, I think I can uh, see a lot of yeah. fun stuff happening to that one. Yeah, with the Ville series, we also always recommend people to to buy at least two bottles. Not not uh, not. Uh, we'll just have to buy a couple of Sourbon and and put here in in the basement. I might as well. That do. would be nice. <laughs> uh, this one, this batch is, uh, I, I think, really good. Of course, the first batch we made, the the barrels were not being used before, only only for uh, for beer, uh, only for uh, for whiskey. Yeah, we we didn't got them from a bourbon distillery, but. They have been used uh, at another brewery for imp stouts, I think. Okay. Maybe one or two batches, and then, but the the whis- the, the bourbon uh, flavors or notes were really uh, uh, really heavy in the first or and second batch. Now it's it's slightly getting off, but I I think it's it's more delicate now with uh, more uh, balanced with the with the sourness and. Uh, it's really in tune with the beer, I'd say. I'd yeah. say. It's like, yeah. Because if it this d- would have had more, more vanilla and stuff like that, that would overwhelm yeah. the beer. Yeah. But this is just, it's spot on. I, I, I really, really like this yeah, one. I, I really do too. It's, it's, uh, I, I can't say how many batches we made of Sarbon, but 
maybe five or six. Uh, the name, of course, comes from bourbon and sourbon, uh, sour beer, so sour, uh, sourbon. Uh, and that was because in the beginning you could really sense the bourbon notes. Now we've kept kept the name because uh, it's, it's but it's the same beer. <laughs> it's the same beer, but but the barrels have have been used uh, more t- many more times. Now going forward, because we're soon gonna go upstairs, yeah. and you're gonna be here for what you're supposed to be here yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the future of Brickeriet? How do you see the the brewery developing during the the, the years to come? Uh, at the moment, we're Actually, uh, looking at new facilities with um, uh, a tap room where we can meet the customers and talk to them face to face instead of going through Systemologet or uh, uh, a restaurant or bar. Uh, you can see the brewery and you, we can have tastings and stuff. We we're not allowed to have that at the moment, uh, so. Hopefully, we will sign a lease uh, within a couple of months and uh, move there, start the tap room in half a year, maybe. We're we're really looking forward to that because we are going down to Bruskeval next year as well. Yeah, then we will uh, de- definitely <laughs> uh, have the br- uh, at least the tap room open, but maybe not the the brewery site yet. But it's about about thirty five minutes by the, on the train from from Helsingborg, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, 15 minutes. 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, it's a short oh. bus, bus ride. But uh, yeah. within half an half an hour, you could uh, go from from our, our place to, to Bruski. So an open invitation, that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, of course. You're, <laughs> you're always welcome. But tap, room, tap Rooms is really happening now in Sweden. I know I was at uh, Craft Brews Conference in the US 2017 or 18, I think. And I went to a seminar about what the impact of tap rooms are, and everyone who had one was raving about it. Going, this is before we started it. We didn't realize how much this would do. And now, of course, you now it's really starting to happen yeah, here as, well yeah. as well. You can uh, product wise, you can you can uh, sell the beer with the shortest amount of time. Uh, no, no packaging, just from a serving tank to. <laughs> your daughter wants yeah. to talk to us as well. <laughs> You're gonna say, gonna say shout out to your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> What's her name? Tula. Tula. Yeah. Hi, Tula. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna keep your dad for too long. Yeah, I promise. Two more minutes. Yeah, two more minutes. <laughs> he's he's got the hardest question left. We'll, we'll just do the last question right away, so you can get back to Tula and we can get back to the bar. Yeah. Uh, you'll do it. I'm sorry, Andre, but you're gonna die right now. But you can have one more beer before you go. Whatever you want, whatever you had in your life, one more time. What are you having? Ah, uh, yeah. It is a tough question. Yeah. Yep. I wouldn't go for a sour beer. Uh, I would probably go for something more drinkable, like a pilsner, maybe. Uh, Rothaus, Tannenzettel. Oh, the clearest beer in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a very nice uh, pilsner, I think. Uh, especially when you when you uh, go to Germany and you uh, you find it at quite a lot of places, I think. And you're always yeah. um, like the the beers are uh, the the ice are uh, 
just uh, oh, I have mm. to have that one. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, that's the toughest beer to put on tap because when you have it on water tap line and you take out the beer, like, uh, yeah, the beer yeah, it's like oh fuck, <laughs> there's the beer. I gotta stop <laughs> because it's so clear yeah, you yeah. can't see the difference between the water and the beer. Basically, <laughs> I, it's been a couple of years since I had it, but. Uh, I remember it as I, I also have. We a, had it about six months back yeah. here on top. I think even less than that. <laughs> Did you like it? Oh, oh it's fantastic! Yeah. Lovely, crisp, clean fucking pills. And actually, uh, two years ago, I, I contacted the the importer of uh, uh, Rothaus in here in Sweden, and he uh, he sent us. Uh, Two cases of it. Uh, he wanted us to have it uh, just as a <laughs> you were you were worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was a really nice uh, Andrea, gesture. Thank you very much for participating in the podcast and thank uh, you for having me. Have a great night and uh, I will. Let's go up to the bar. Yeah, sure. And whatever you do, guys, drink, drink better beer. <laughs> That's it for this time, but in the next episode, me and Rasmus are going to talk about being a beer tender. If you would like to help us produce more fun podcasts, please check out our Patreon, where you can also get lots of extra material and chances to win cool merchandise. Thanks to our sponsors, Elite Hotels, Bishop Arms and Accurat, and whatever you do, drink better beer. Beer.